producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Hey Siri, set a timer for 45 minutes. 45 minutes starting now. Thank you so much, my love. Welcome into Taxi Squad, everybody. Uh, You're probably wondering why I set a timer for 45 minutes on the show today. Well, let's just say, uh, let's two weeks ago, me and Manny went 52 minutes talking about the Twins. Then last week, me, AJ, and Artis went a whole hour and two minutes talking about Vikings training camp. We just need to scale that back just a little bit. We're going to try to sneak this in in about 45 minutes. Is that cool with you guys? I mean, you guys might have a ton to say about the trade deadline, Vikings training camp, whole bunch of other stuff. Are you cool with trying to put this within a 45-minute time frame today, fellas? Absolutely. Let me tell you why, because one of the reasons is why we even have this show is uh, Phil was like, we got to do it. You know, like 40, 45 minutes is like the max. Um, (laughs) But also, the second thing is I've worked all day. Oh, and I came home and I got this all set up. You know what I've had today for food, gentlemen? A coffee in the morning and a banana at about three thirty this afternoon. So I am starving. So to wrap this up in forty five would be perfect. Why don't, co- go grab coffee. a snack right now? What no, are you doing? No, Why haven't you then, eaten yet today? Because then the takes the takes are not going to be as good. I got to be starving for takes, and that's what I am right now. You're, you're full of takes, and you need to make room for food, is what you're saying, pretty Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So I got to spill all these takes, and then we're good. Okay, I mean, well, eating he- uh, heavy could make you pretty tired too, make you pretty sleepy. So I'll be mean, on and off. I like the method. I like the method. <laughs> I, I ate McDonald's breakfast today. I ate five sausage McMuffins. I substituted three of them for bacon, so it wasn't as bad. But I also added a little cup of ranch on the side too. So what? Whoa, I got whoa, I got a full whoa, belly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I go know. ahead. Yeah, what? why are you what? why are you throwing ranch on a McDonald's breakfast sandwich? Okay. Like, Sometimes I'm, I'm the biggest one out of this group, and that's even weird for me. Okay, okay. Um, here's the <laughs> that thing. That is a little weird. That is a little weird. I also <laughs> dip like my McDonald's cheeseburgers in ranch too, in those little ranch packets. That, I, I'm oh. a ranch guy, man. I love me some ranch. It's so good. Doesn't matter any of the brands, any kind. I love ranch. I might like Caesar dressing even more, but yeah, I don't know. And you know what? Sometimes those like McMuffins get a little dry. You need a little lubricant and something, so the ranch works and it's good and it's Ew, tasty. And don't, don't judge just, me. What are you doing? Come on. Ranch is a lubricant ever again. <laughs> well, Please. Oh my God. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. You want to talk about sports now? Oh all right. Well, God. okay. I, Moving on about my weird eating habits. Welcome to Taxi Squad, everybody, here on Score North, scorenorth.com and the Score North app, part of the giant network of podcasts that we have here at Score North, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. Uh, we got Loon Talk, uh, which AJ was on uh, this week. Did you guys record already this week for that? We sure did. Monday night, me and Dan. Right on, right on. We got some M and UFC tidbits to get on later today, too. Uh, before we die, brand new Purple Daily show um, on our YouTube channels and all of our platforms, Spotify, Apple, obviously, scorenorth.com and score north app and then also uh realistic randy and declan are doing a show as well so we are in obviously a fragrant flagrant howls with uh phil Mackie, kyle tige we just got a whole bunch of stuff going on here at score north but of course this is taxi squad oh never forget about judd's hockey show i believe they recorded today to talk about krill kaprizov and everything like that yes he is back royce unchained scoops with doogie we got everything but again this is Taxi Squad, probably the best podcast out of all of them, but that's just my humble opinion. Guys, we got so much stuff to talk about today. Obviously, we got to dig right into the Major League Baseball trade deadline because the Minnesota Twins arguably were the most active that they've ever been in my fandom, and it was a surreal experience. I had to sleep a lot during the day yesterday, even though it was really hot out, so I was waking up to some of the trades. Before I fell asleep, I saw the Jorge Lopez trade, but I woke up to the Tyler Malley and the Michael Fulmer trades. I couldn't believe it, because like I just said, this is one of the most active deadlines the Twins have ever had, and they address so many essential needs for what this team needs to not only win the division, but also end that 18-game playoff losing streak. Uh, Jorge Lopez, Tyler Malley, Michael Fulmer, I'm pumped about these moves. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it was pretty solid moves. You got to do something, especially with how this team is set up, uh, which is pretty good hitting, pretty decent fielding, and absolutely no pitching depth whatsoever. You don't have a starter that you're reliant on going like more than five innings, 
and it's just the, the the bullpen is is being described as worn out and tired and exhausted. It's because you don't have you don't have a starter that can go more than five innings. Like, of course they're right. going to be tired. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's it's one of those things where they had to make moves. They're in a position where they need to, and I I think they did. It's uh, one of the. Did they need to wait till basically the final few hours? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I was talking to down the hall coworker Grant Wenkstern the other day and um, yesterday, I guess actually, and uh, he he and I both agreed it was one of those. What think how many more extra games you could win? You know, it's maybe not like night and day you're winning twenty more, but you're squeaking out maybe one or two if you have some of these pitching guys. If you just make these moves a little earlier, and I understand uh, before you jump down my throat, there is different fluctuations of the valuations between these pitchers between uh last tuesday and this tuesday and all that stuff and the final 30 minutes of the deadline all that whatnot uh because options expire and you know jorge lopez maybe the orioles uh have different uh paths that they could go down and the twins were one of the final few that made sense and so you're going to get that value while he's there instead of lessening it and blah 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 um I think Twins fans are going to be thrilled with that. I got to say I'm a little jealous because it was it was not too long ago that as a Cubs fan at the deadline the Cubs were trading mm. to get better. Um mm. it's so it's so I'm so jealous to watch a team trade and get better cuz some of these guys that you trade, you know, they're 18, they're 19, they're 20. You never heard of them. You're learning how to pronounce their name just specifically for these trades and then if even when they get moved, you're not going to see them in the major leagues, if ever, um, for, you know, three, four years sometimes. So it's like, you don't get to reap the benefits. So, you know, last year, the Cubs, they trade for like a guy named Pete Crow Armstrong, um, for them from the Mets and the Javi Baez trade, which at the time was heartbreaking for me, but Pete Crow Armstrong has been like a diamond in the rough. Not that he wasn't good before, but he's kind of blossomed to like, this guy is legit, but I'm still not going to see him in the Cubs uniform here for probably like three years. So it's one of those, just I'm just waiting with bated breath, but uh, to to have a team go out, pay the price, they get the guys that are going to come in immediately and make that impact. Um, it's got to be fun to be a Twins fan right now, especially you're looking at the rest of the division and the White Sox. They didn't do too much, if anything. And the Guardians, I believe their one lone move um, yesterday was Sandy Leone to the Twins for right. uh, some pitcher whose name escapes me at the moment. Hamilton something. I think it's Ian Hamilton, I believe, who I'd never heard of until that trade. So, um, yeah. You have the trades up in front of you? Do you want me to recap it? For yeah, you yeah, I do. By the way, it should be mentioned right now. I told this to artists last week about the Eagles, but AJ, feel free to just go on any unconditional rant about the Cubs when you want. Uh, you're not truly who you are unless you get to talk about the Cubs. And I, I will actually address some of the uh, Cubs trades and stuff like that. And we can talk about how awkward that Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ hug was in the dugout a couple days ago. Anyway, yeah, wait. I got the trades right here. Jorge wait, Lopez. Wait, wait. Yes. Oh, yes. Artist. Yes. Go ahead. AJ, you're a Cubs fan. I didn't know this. Yes. Yes. I'm a big Cubs fan. My uh, my mom's family is from Chicago. So as a kid, we my, my grandparents lived in St. Cloud, which, you know, close enough. That's like an hour drive from the cities. Um you know, going up there frequently, just watching the terrible, terrible, like, oh, three, oh, two Cubs with my grandpa. You know, I, I got to watch Sammy Sosa, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but then, you know, Derek Lee. But then it's like, you know, we got Kosuke Fukudome, who is awesome. He hey, man, so he was on the Sports fans. Illustrated cover. You respect that name. You respect um, that yeah, name. Yeah, you know, I, I love, love the days of Kerry <laughs> Wood and whatnot. So 2016 for me was liberating. I really want Twins uh. fans who are about my age to experience that. And maybe it won't be the same thing just because that was like a 108-year drought at the time, whereas the Twins, what was it, 87 and 91. So mm -hmm. a lot of people's parents probably have seen it and lived through um, somewhat of a small-ish, arguable dynasty of, you know, pretty good baseball for a span of four years. But, um, but yeah, yeah, Chicago Cubs, baby. Let's go. Wow. Good I believe know Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> are, you, are you okay with that? artist because i know like your more loyalties lie with the brewers and those cubs breweries rivalries can get really heated especially when you got a bunch of cubs fans traveling up to milwaukee you got a bunch of brewers fans traveling down to wrigleyville it can get kind of intense well now i'm just saying know, you know, when the sausage I'm, and the beer be flowing i'm saying man when i know next time they match up with the brewers just to be aware of what's going on when i see aj in studio again. <laughs> that's, that's all i just oh. need to be aware i had no clue before you know so now i know to be aware okay <laughs> this game just happened the brewers just 
one. I need to be yeah, aware that's that how it's going to go a lot be, recently. You know. Okay. <laughs> just wanna, be upset that day. So just want to make sure there's no bad blood around here. I think oh, for no, today, man. though, it's good that we're doing the stream yard and you guys aren't in the same room together. I right, think that's exactly. for the best. Cooler heads will prevail on Taxi Squad today. Yeah, I got the <laughs> trades right here. We'll start with Jorge Lopez. That was the very first one. We get Jorge Lopez and his 1.68 ERA. Baltimore gets Cade Pavich, Juan Rojas, Yanir Cano, and Juan Nunez. Uh, I believe that Jorge Lopez is also under control through 2024. He's a 29-year-old. He did fully transition into the bullpen this year after being kind of a hybrid starter for his entire career. Actually, he does have a career ERA in the fives. It's actually 5.51. But after he made the full transition into the bullpen this year, he has been absolutely lights out, earned that all-star nomination. In fact, actually, uh, this was in his seventh major league start. Jorge Lopez, this was back on September 8th of 2018. He dang near flirted with a perfect game against the Twins. He he retired 24 consecutive twin batters in order over eight innings. But in the ninth, he surrendered a leadoff walk to Max Kepler and then a hit to Robbie Grossman before he was pulled from the game. So now what I'm kind of wondering, now that Jorge Lopez is in the mix... Who is going to be the more predominant closer for this team, him or Yohan Duran? Now, Yohan Duran, for the most part, has been used as more of an eighth inning guy to get to the ninth. And usually that's been left for maybe guys like Tyler Duffy, Emilio Pagan. Um, but now I'm curious. I mean, think Lopez has been a closer this entire time, and I'm assuming he'll continue to get that. But I mean, Yohan Duran is. <laughs> He's damn near the future of this Twins bullpen for many years to come. 24 years old, throws 104 miles per hour if he wants to. Um, so I, I guess, I don't know, AJ, what do you think about if you would use Jorge Lopez more in a setup role or as a closer role? I mean, obviously you got Jerron, but you know Lopez has been good as a closer, so you probably wouldn't want to mix that up now, would you? No, I think you got to keep uh, Duran in that kind of setup eighth inning role because he comes in, he's a nice change of pace. And I mean that literally just because he will go out there <laughs> and blow it by these guys at, like you said, 102 somewhat consistently because he's got that nice fastball sinker mix and he can catch him with that big looping slider or curveball. Yeah. Um, but in Jorge Lopez, like you said, he's 29. He's got a little more experience under his belt. He's gone through the trials and tribulations of going from a starter transitioning into that bullpen role and getting comfortable in those late game situations where you got to wonder not that I doubt Duran could probably handle it but you're going to go with the guy with maybe a little more seasoning under his belt um, who you know if you bring him in in a ninth inning situation on the road all of a sudden the crowd is absolutely rocking because you know against Detroit against Kansas City you're probably not going to have that but say you do get to the playoffs and you're facing the the Yankees in the Bronx and you got uh, Tony and Paulie out there in row six hey Tony like up yeah you need you need a guy who's gonna be able to handle the situation when you know uh Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are strolling into the box and so he's an all-star uh he's an all-star Dave uh but uh <laughs> nice money ball reference right there but um no I mean he uh you, you go out you, you trade for the guy you didn't trade for him to be a setup I imagine you right Eric Falvey and the rest of the twins operations are probably looking for a guy that can come in and shut things down when needed. And that's what uh, Jorge Lopez has done. Um, You know, he's been one of the maybe few bright spots of the Orioles this season. Um, They, they, they did go on a pretty impressive run at one point, but in terms of, are they they still above 500 right now, Baltimore? I don't believe so, but I'm not, because people were actually like people in the fan base were actually kind of mad that they were ended up being sellers because they didn't just trade Jorge Lopez. They traded Trey Mancini too. And yeah. people were like, this is the first time we've had a rooting team in like five or six years. And obviously, Trey Mancini is a fan favorite in Baltimore because he overcame cancer, won comeback player of the year a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, that AL East is just stacked, man. Yeah. That division I mean, them, is though, just there's insane. No, there's no chance there, especially with like in the division, you also have the Yankees and you have the uh, the Blue Jays there. There's, I don't think there's a way that they would even get up into that uh, AL wild card spot. So, mm. Um, I understand, you know, for the fans, I understand maybe why you, you're competitive for once in a while. And all of a sudden you want to think, Hey, we're going to make the run, but no, you got to trust, you got to trust the, uh, the front yeah. office. They're building something. You got one of the best prospects in baseball right. who made his debut at the Rushman switching catcher. Um, I mean, he's going to be the next big thing. You've got these other guys coming up and all these talents that you're accruing. Eventually it's going to pay off, but, uh, yeah. well, for the twins, I think Duran's going to be in that, uh, 
that setup. You got to go Lopez being in the closer role. And he's got, I mean, he's got the good pitch mix. He's got good control. Yeah. So he's going to be a guy who can uh, come in and shut things down. Um, in terms of Povich and Cano and Rojas and Nunez, mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like it was an overpayment by any means. Um, do I, I think it was very fair, or you could argue just for the sake of having Lopez in team control for another year, you're going to probably get a better value there because you don't know what one of those guys are. You're seeing right now the 1.36 ERA this year, what Lopez is doing. Um, so having that 1.9 war at this stage of the season is pretty impressive as well for, for a guy who uh, influences the game that late. So um, I, I like that move by the twins. Do you want to move mm-hmm. over to maybe the yeah. next notable one with uh, Tyler Malley coming back sure. or uh, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion <laughs> Strand, and Steve Hadjar? And I think I said that one incorrectly. But, That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, if you don't mind me just taking it right away here, just please. You know, being an NL Central guy with the <laughs> yes, Cubs. yes, you you got the scouting report I, on him. Yes, Tyler Malley. Um, and he's the thing. The thing that's funny is like the Reds last year were pretty competitive. They had the Nick Castellanos and they had Joey Votto, who was, I mean, he's kind of like an angel's wonder at this point, but then that Castillo, Mally, uh, Sonny Gray trio, like mm-hmm. it, you gotta think like what, what went wrong to where they just start selling oh. like crazy. And it kind of probably comes down to the owners of money and everything like that. But, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny to see the twins end up having half of their starting rotation in a sense, just be, the 2021 <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. Um, and because <laughs> like I said, that trio that I just named off, you have two of those three, um, maybe, arguably maybe the lesser two of the three, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good move. Once again, um, none of those guys that I, I like Spencer steer. I do like as, yeah. a, as he's a been prop. good this season. Um, but I think it was Royce who said like, Hey, it's a good thing. <laughs> they traded uh, Encarnacion strand just cause he's not a fan of the, the double name guys. Uh, the, the <laughs> names. It's a back. lot to put on the back of a Jersey, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, a, lot, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of tackle twill for all those uh, pro team shops out there. But um, mm-hmm. Tyler Malley looking at his season so far, if I can pull up his ba- baseball reference, he's got a 2.2 war. He's five and seven on the year, but you got to understand once again, that yeah. he is playing for the Cincinnati reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4.4 ERA. He's got 104 innings, 114 strikeouts. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah, sure. But his, his, he's got a 1.246 whip, which is actually lower so far than his career. So he is very good. Very good. Argue that he's having a pretty solid year for his career. And he's only 27. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure right. about his contract stuff. Um, do you, are you aware if they have control for him? Uh, or is he he is under, just like Jorge Lopez, he's under control through 2023 as well. So, so this is not a rental. This is not a rental. Setting yourself up pretty darn good right yeah. now for 2023. And that's, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of like, I've noticed that's kind of what most of the trades the Twins have made with this front office. They don't really go for rentals. They go for like players under team control. Like even Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson, when they acquired those players during the Bomba Squad season of 2019, those guys were even under team control for extra years too. So I've kind of gotten the vibe. I mean, actually, okay, Michael Fulmer, we'll get to him in a second. He technically is a rental. So, okay, I guess they do do rentals sometimes. Um, But kind of like you said with Jorge Lopez, and I agree with this sentiment, I'm going to agree with the same thing with Tyler Malley. I'm not too upset about the prospects we gave up here. Um, With any of the Jorge Lopez prospects or all of them with pitchers, but really I had heard Cade Povich's name once. Yanir Cano had come up a couple times for the Twins this season. He had like an ERA over nine. I'm not going to miss him too much. And the other two guys, I'd never. But obviously, heard of there's still a lot of development there to be had. Obviously, so I, like yes. I don't want to write the guy off. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, the Cano guy, though, I think is like 28 or 29 years old. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see about that. No. Um, Spencer Steer having a good season. Actually, this Christian and and Carson. <laughs> Royce is right. There's too much, too many words in the last name. Christian Encarnacion Strand, Strand, whatever. He has been on fire this season. I, th- I believe he's hit more than 25 home runs in Double A, which is that's a lot of home runs for anybody in the minor leagues. So um, he's been moving up the prospect ranks. Um, before they got traded, I don't know what their prospect ranking is now within the Red System, but uh, Spencer Steer was the seventh best Twins prospect according to MLB.com. Encarnacion Strand was the 18th, and um, actually, no, sorry, uh, the Steve Hayer, Hire, whatever his last name is, he was 18, and Christian Encarnacion Strand was 23. Um, but like you said, AJ, I'm not too concerned about Tyler Malley's stats. 
too much. He hasn't been on a very good team the last couple of years. He really showed out last year. I believe his ERA was in the three sevens last year, and he went like 14 or th- had 13 or 14 wins, only six losses. In his last seven starts, he's got an ERA right at three. So even though he's got that 4.4 ERA, he's been very, very good his last um, seven starts. And again, this addresses a massive, massive need by the Twins. They needed pitching on every single front, bullpen, and starters. They needed to get at least one starting pitcher. I was going to come on the show and rip them if they didn't get a starting pitcher. Even if they got bullpen guys, that's fine. But they needed starting pitching. And this this is a huge addressing of that. It's not the biggest move they could have done. Obviously, there were the Luis Castillos, the Frankie Montases that went out there. I don't think the Twins really had the prospect pool that the Yankees and the Mariners did to be able to pull off, you know, big kind of trades like that. But I'm I'm fine with this. Uh, Tyler Malley's name had been linked to the Twins pretty much ever since the hot stove really got cranked up. I've seen his name on a billion Bleacher Report and sporting news articles about rumors of Twins, of, of players that could potentially be traded to the Twins. And so now we got Joe Ryan, Tyler Malley, uh, Chris Archer. Uh, who else is on the starting staff for the Twins? I'm actually trying to Dylan get Bundy. the Dylan Bundy too. I was going to mention okay. Bundy, but I was thinking I was thinking of another better name than Dylan Bundy before I mentioned him. Um, but I'm actually trying to get a feel for what the active roster is. Um, okay, actually, I do need to go on just a small, tiny, tiny little rant because I don't know how significant or insignificant this is. The Twins designated for assignment Drell Cotton. You guys aware of Jarrell Cotton? AJ, have you heard of Jarrell Cotton before? He's kind of been a journeyman throughout the majors. He's this is his first year with the Twins. Um, A journeyman, been all over the place, kind of a hybrid starter in some places. I believe the last time he actually started a bunch of games was for the Oakland Athletics back in like 20, what was it, like 2019 or something like that? Uh, No, it was 2017. This guy, though, this season had an ERA of 2.83, and they designated him for assignment in 35 innings pitch. That's only two less innings pitch than Emilio Pagan, and he's our ERA is in the fours. Now, I understand you're not going to get rid of Emilio Pagan because he has a you know, $2.5 salary, whereas Jarrell Cotton isn't making as much. But I was really bummed out to see him gone. I thought he was one of the brighter pieces in the bullpen, and they DFA'd him. Now, I'm not sure if he's been picked up by anybody else. Um, I saw one rumor was that the Mets were interested in picking him up. So uh, clearly that there's an interest for this guy. But I think this was a move for roster space because you needed to add the new players. But still, I, I'm really bummed that Jarrell Cotton was gone. And um, you know, also it means that it, some other players have gotten designated for assignment too, like Joe Smith just got designated for assignment. Devin Smeltzer just used another option. He's back in AAA. So I understand this is kind of part of the business, but... Man, and he and Jarrell Khan was probably out of options too, so that's that's probably part of it as well. But it was just like, oh man, I know we added new pieces of the bullpen, but I just don't like the idea of getting getting rid of ones that were helping up to this point. But maybe this is just a small thing. Maybe the Twins knew more about Cotton than I did. I mean, maybe there's a reason he's been a journeyman this whole time. But still, it was kind of disappointing that we saw him get designated for assignment before a guy like Joe Smith did. End of rant. That. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you got anything to say about that. To chalk it up as just, you know, that's why we're here in a (laughs) essentially a Zoom call talking about it and not employed by the twins, you know, seeing that live. So, um, you know, at at the end of the day, it's a business. You can only have so many guys in the dugouts and uh, in the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is. It does stink. You got to feel for the guy. But, uh, you know, as a twins fan, you got to, you got to, the takeaway from this entire trade deadline, they got aggressive because you don't sign Carlos Correa for, you know, argue, you know, maybe one season, depending on what he chooses to do after everything wraps up. Um, and with a guy like Byron Buxton, who, who knows what the future holds with him and that knee, um, you go out there, yeah. you gotta be aggressive and you gotta push. I don't think they push like all in on the chips because getting these guys who are under control next year, um, is good. It's a smart move, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you're, you're anteing up, you're, you're calling that big raise and that's what you want. You want to see him compete. Um, and I think this puts them in a decent position to do so. Is it a World Series contender right now? <laughs> eh, it's okay to say team, no, but they are they they made the steps to be competitive, yeah. which is I think all you can ask for for Twins fans. I don't want it, but Twins fans, I just want to say, after all this, when they're making the playoffs, there's no reason they yes. should. When if they, they don't, the playoffs, if they win one game and then get swept, <laughs> I do not want to hear. Well, at least the curse is broken. Shut up. Shut up. You should expect more. You deserve more. 
than one stinking playoff win. I don't care about 18 win games. You, you deserve more. So let's, uh, I think that's, uh, I think that covers pretty good twin stock. Do we want to switch over to some Vikings training camp stuff? Yes. Yes. I do want to say for the record that I have said on the record on this program, that if the twins just won one playoff game this year, that's fine by me. So I might have to change my tune oh, after that motivation from I'm AJ just right there. Now. Cause you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, we deserve mirror. more. You deserve, tell it, say it to yourself. <laughs> You deserve more. Again. It's okay. It's okay more. to admit that. I deserve more. I looked in the camera looking right at me. Oh, I mean, man, you, you deserve it. That was deserve amazing. It. Was it really? Okay, <laughs> great. Blow it up for everybody. Good thing this I isn't on YouTube yet. Um, last thing I want to mention is Michael Fulmer. I, I am I am oh, yeah. pumped about him. Uh, we didn't even give up a top prospect for him. This uh, Sawyer Gibson Long character, another pitcher. That he's 24 years old, wasn't a top 30 prospect in the twin system. He isn't a top 30 prospect in the tiger system either. And he has had a 7.17 ERA uh, since he got called up to double a this season. So I'm not going to miss Sawyer Gibson long uh, that much, but best of luck to you, my friend, Uh, Michael Fulmer, a 320 ERA. He's going to solidify that bullpen even more. He's had a rash of crazy injuries the last couple of season. Really, I think threw off his trajectory of being a pretty damn solid starting pitcher, even for the Detroit Tigers. He came in as a pitcher in this league, won the rookie of the year in 2016, uh, made his first all-stars team in 2017. I bet that then the injuries just hit him like crazy. He had elbow surgery for an ulnar nerve transposition in 17, left oblique and torn meniscus in 18, Tommy John in 19. And that's when he finally transitioned into the bullpen after a brutal 2020 where he had an ERA over eight. Um, He's done arbitration hearings the last few years with the Tigers. Again, this is another rental, but this just continues to solidify the bullpen. Not a move that's going to like crazily break your bank. It's not a very shiny move. I mean, sure, he's got the all-star appeal to him. That was five years ago. But again, Twins need a bullpen help. They addressed it. They got Michael Fulmer. Two thumbs up by me. I got to say big, uh, big kudos to Rocco and the rest of the, the club for banging him up the night before on Monday night. Uh, <laughs> less than that trade value. No um, kidding. <laughs> big, big brain moves, banging him around out there, shelling him. And then it's like, hey, guys, look, we need an arm. It's He's got an arm, technically, but mm-hmm. we just saw what he did. Let's maybe we a little less of a prospect. Send him over. We're in town. We'll take him back. Um, but yeah, yeah just, no, I, I, you know, it's, it's not a flashy move, but it's a move that it had to be made. You had to get yes. more than two guys yeah. and he's, he's a third guy. Um, yeah. I think he probably can be an impact player in a sense, but, um, the rookie of the year display on the mound, I think is, uh, I'm not going to say long gone, but it's, it's, uh, it's in the distance for sure. Yes, for sure. So yeah, I'm pumped with these moves. The twins should win the central. The White Sox didn't no, they, do anything. I'm telling you right now, they will win the AL Central. You heard it here fo- first, folks. You heard it here fo- first. Um, yeah, if, if they don't, it would be an utter disaster. As pesky as Cleveland continues to be, and as much as you just don't know what the hell is going on with the White Sox, it just, the Twins set themselves up. The other teams didn't. This division has to be won, and if it isn't, there will be a little bit of hell to pay. But again, We deserve better. We deserve more than just winning one playoff game. We deserve gosh darn World Series. And AJ's here for moral support, and I thank him for that. But I want to hear Artis's beautiful voice now. So let's talk about Vikings training camp, because he's just been sitting and waiting to talk about the Vikings, and he's been so patient. Of course, he knows he can jump in for any of the baseball conversation whenever he wants. If he wants to fire up the Brewers-Cubs rivalry with AJ, he's more than welcome to. (laughs) But we can pivot into Vikings training camp. about that next time I see him in person. (laughs) Almost definitely. Most definitely. (laughs) <laughs> just, just be nice. You just, just play nice. You too. So yeah, let's get into it guys. Um, so honestly, you know, it was kind of a whole hum diggity, not a whole lot of news the past week at training camp, which I think is a good thing. Um, Cause usually at this time you see people and players go down with injuries because they're just really starting to get into the thing. Well, the, the, what, what am I trying to say? You know, when you're trying to get things going the either way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like we just saw Ryan Jensen, the center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He went down with a knee injury. I think he's supposed to come back later this season, but now is the time where injuries start popping up. And for the Vikings, it's 
kind of, but not in a really devastating way. We did have Irv Smith just have a procedure on his thumb. Looks like he's going to be ready for week one. We'll see about that. Sounds like KOC and the other coaching staff and the training staff are optimistic about that. Uh, but then AJ brought this my this to my attention today, that Delvin Cook didn't practice. And I did see yesterday, and we are recording this on Wednesday, August 3rd of 2022, by the way, just in case you're listening to this 5,000 years into the future. And um, he was pulled from practice, and he didn't practice today. I don't know if today was a, a vet rest day for him or not. Maybe, AJ, you could shine more light on to that if you got any more updates. I saw Sam Ekstrom tweet about it, but nobody else. So I really don't know to what extent um, Delvin's issue it. I did see a few uh, few reporters mentioning it. Uh, he was escorted off the field. Uh, this was yesterday on Tuesday during some individual drills. His left hand was being held gingerly by a trainer walking alongside. Okay. He walked uh, back out of the building with a wrap on his left ring finger, uh, no hmm. helmet. Um, and then it went on to say that uh, yesterday, today during uh, camp, he very much had a much more limited role, a lot less reps. Um, it was very clear that today Alexander Madison was in that RB1 position. <laughs> and I'm sure at this point of the year, you're taking things pretty cautiously with your uh, Pro Bowl running back. So you're going to want to take as many cautious yeah. steps as possible, which I totally understand. I don't want him going out there uh, <laughs> and wasting all that talent on stupid training camp. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's not, not great because a couple flies dropping yesterday with Irv Smith and him too. I could, you could, I, I think if once he gets fully integrated, Irv Smith is going to be very crucial to that offense, um, even in this KOC system that we're going to see implemented this year. But um, Dalvin Cook is a guy that uh, you don't want to mess with because Alexander Madison is great. I think he's fantastic. But Dalvin Cook, is he's got that dog in him. He, he, yeah. takes, he takes that offense to a whole new level when he's out on the field defenses respect him even just like seeing that 33 out there they were and did he change did he number change four he number four up. back to florida four. state number four number four four out there it's like yeah. hey guys um even i mean he's he's a pass catching threat too if if you need him to be so um having him in the backfield is it's almost mandatory uh, we've seen them get around it, and Madison has stepped up big yeah. in certain situations, but I don't think any Vikings fan would uh, shy away from saying, let's rest him when needed. Um, let, let him let him take his time and really get into camp and uh, stay healthy, please. Alexander Madison is probably the best backup in all of football, just my opinion. I mean, the way he's able to step in, I mean, he can go for 100 yards. He can go for 150. I mean, he's a baller. I'm not too concerned about Dalvin Cook at all because, like you guys said, he is an all-pro player. Um, and, you know, he's been on the field recently, but I am slightly concerned about Irv Smith Jr. Now, I know they say he's supposed to be back week one, but I mean, he's going to miss all the training camp, all of this practice time, new system, um, new owner, new coach. Um, and I envision this system being kind of complex. I envision it being, you know, very similar to how the Rams were in their offense. And you need as much practice as you can get with that, especially for a guy who hasn't seen the field in what, what has it been like two years now? Because he missed all of last season. And so. I guess I'm, I don't know. I want to ask you guys what's your guys' uh, level of concern because mine is at at this point it's probably at about a seven. I mean, we were talking oh, about wow. this off air. Um, he seems to always have something. It's always something uh -huh. going on with him, and I just want to see him on the field. I think he could be a very productive tight end, but he he <laughs> he's got to get out there. Missing a lot of football time isn't good for anybody. So, what's your guys' level of concern on that? I yeah, would be more yeah, I'd be more concerned if they were consistent injuries, if they were injuries happening in the same plate in the same spot, thumb, knee, two different spots, you know, and I don't really know his injury history with you know his hands or his knees before his NFL career. Um, he's been pretty spotless in terms of injury problems before last season. So really the injury bug has only been a thing with Irv until now, until like more of his workload has been expected to be increased over the last couple of seasons. Because yeah, last year going into last season, he was going to be tight on one for sure. Right. Like would not a doubt. And from, from the way like people were talking about training camp last year, even Judd Zolgad would come onto the programs and just rave about how awesome uh, Irv Smith was looking last season. And he's come on the programs this year and says Irv Smith is looking pretty much just as good as he was last year before he got hurt, too. Um, but yeah, you're right. You got to get out there and prove it. I mean, this guy was a second round pick, and I believe this is his fourth season now. 
Yeah. And look, the NFL lifespan is not that long, man. You got to get out there and you got to get out there now to prove yourself. And so it, it's very disappointing that he's going to miss another training camp, especially like you mentioned, artists with a whole new system, whole new coaching staff. Like there's so much more to learn, a more complex offense. I mean, this ain't Mike Zimmer's offense anymore. There's a whole bunch of other stuff to learn. So you you don't you're, you're not happy about that. But. At the same time, he can use his time to study the playbook, still be around to practice. Uh, he can still get in plenty of conditioning because, again, it's not his legs. It's his hand. So he can still, you know, get uh, plenty of that kind of stuff in. So I'm, I'm not I'm not at a seven as you are, artist. although I respect the hell that you went to seven already. This is we're right into the meat and potatoes of this. Yes, this sir. is good. This is yes, good. Sir. This is what Taxi <laughs> Squad is for. Uh, I'm probably going to, I don't know, my concern level is maybe like a three or a four. If it were more, but you're right. I mean, there is uncertainty about whether he will be ready for week one. That is the optimism. If we get closer to that, you know, after the preseason games, probably, and we're still kind of up in the air about, eh, is Irv Smith going to play or not? Then I will, I will crank that dial a little bit more closely to that seven that you have, artists. I'll join you in that regard. But right now, I, I'm not going to freak out too much. Who knows? Maybe he could come back even earlier. I don't know. It's still a surgery. Hopefully. There's gonna, there's gonna need. I don't know. I don't even know what the rehab timeline is for this thing. I don't know if it's like two, three weeks. I don't really know. Um, so yeah, three or four for me. What do you? What about you, AJ? Where are you at with your concern level here with uh, Irv? I'm debating between a five and a six. I'm just going to go five, five, five and a half. Um, <laughs> you know, it's Artis is exactly right in the sense that, you know, he, you need to be out there on the field. You can watch all the film and you can look at all the playbook you want. It doesn't change from if he's a hands-on learner, which I think a lot of football guys are because you pun have intended, to get, right? Because yeah, it was absolutely. a thumb injury. Yeah, I guess. No, I think, but thank you. If you think I, I meant that, um, Sorry, but no, you have to, thank you. Yeah. Um, You have to, you have to be in it. You have to be in the mix of things and you can't just watch from the sideline and say, okay, here's what I should do there and blah, blah, blah. No, you got to get in there. You line up for those snaps pads on you're you're running routes. You're setting blocks that needed. And yeah, it's, it sucks for Vikings fans because this is a guy that I've been psyched about for four years now, like you said, and last year he was a guy that all I heard was great things and like, you know, he's going to revitalize this offense, which um, I think is going to be revitalized now with KOC. But to have him now possibly miss the entire training camp, they said he's going to be ready for the opener. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where you get his, you know, the week of and all of a sudden, you know, we're going to we're going to oh. back off. He's going to be out week two. He'll be back for week. I no, mean, it I sounds like Christian Darisaw last little- year now. Week right. three, yeah. we promised. Week three, uh, you know. Now I mean, we, got, we got an early buy, so now we now it's five. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's. I mean, with the amount of time that he's missed, you would think that they would give him some type of ramping up period before they throw him out there on the field week one. So that's just my thing. I just I see a lot of injuries piling up, and I'm just like, yo, what's 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 going on? Like like we said, every time we get excited about him. There's another injury. There's another mm-hmm. issue as to why he can't be on the field. And I, like I said, I think he needs all the all the practice that he can get. You know, the whole team does with this new system. Two other things I want to quickly bring up that I got from training camp. Uh, so Garrett Bradbury is still struggling. Um, I don't think that's uh, world-breaking news for anybody. Uh, he's still struggling in training camp. I am still waiting. I know Phil has brought this up multiple times. J.C. Treader. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this hasn't happened, but I am going to say this. Uh, Jason did bring up the Buccaneers losing their starting center and a couple of offensive linemen. I bet they go look at J.C. Treader. I bet yeah. they go do it. And I think yeah. that's very interesting because, you know, they have Tom Brady there and they are in the business of winning championships. And, you know, we would like to be in the business of winning championships as well. So you would think that you would, you know, fill an obvious hole that you have with a decent player. And the Vikings haven't done that. Um, so this is an issue that it looks like they may go into the season with. Um, I know um, Joe was saying earlier earlier that um, Chris Reed was seeing a little time at the position, and then Austin uh, Ottman Scottman. I, I, I know who you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce the last name either. Yeah. I, I haven't picking up what you're laying down. You're good. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. about butchering that last name. So I know they are getting okay. time at the position um, in training camp, but I, I mean, I don't. 
I just think you need to fill the hole with proven talent at this point um, because the last thing you want to do is go into this new season, into this new system. They're going to be passing the ball a lot. They're going to need time in the pocket, or at least Kirk is. And, you know, with him getting backed up into Kirk's lap every possession, <laughs> I see the same kind of issues reoccurring. But on a positive note, though, I keep bringing this man up because he, outside of the players that the Eagles drafted, he Taylor may Hurts. be one of my favorite players coming out of the draft. Andrew Booth Jr. The boy is going to be a stud, y'all. He's been a so dog so far. First day of training or first day of uh, padded training camp, I should say. Kind of got into it with Justin Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of got into it. They had to be broken up. Uh, I think it's by, I think his name is Byside Johnson. Sorry again if I. Ola BC Johnson. Ola BC. There you go. BC Johnson. There you go. There you go. Um, so they had to be broken up between those two. But I just wanted to bring that up because I wanted to say that is the energy that I like to see. I know everybody doesn't like, you know, the cocky, arrogant cornerback or the cocky, arrogant receiver. But I think in training camp, iron sharpens, sharpens iron. And anytime you can get those competitive juices flowing in training camp, especially for a guy like Justin Jefferson, who's he's been here. He's done that. He may not feel like he necessarily needs the extra practice or the extra ump. But to get this from a rookie who was just coming in trying to prove himself. This is this is yeah. what you like to see. This is this, it gets the whole team going. Yeah. So I Booth, think again, yeah. man, he's gonna be a problem. He's going to be a problem. And uh, Booth has Patrick been giving great, by the way. Yeah. I'm to Good. I'm it out there, so he looks great. Just yeah, Booth's been giving Cam Dantzler a little bit of a run for his money so far in training camp. And Cam's yeah. been fine. Cam Dantzler's been fine, but Andrew Booth has been awesome. He's got that so far. extra fire. He's, yeah. he's very physical. He's got that, even though he's a smaller guy, fiery, physical. Um, he's yep. a ball hawk. You know he. He's got he's got the makings of a guy who is built for the position and, and, and what they're going to ask him to do out there. So, you yeah. know, I look forward to him at some point, you know, God forbid any injuries or anything like that. But if something did happen to one of the cornerbacks, I'm confident rolling Andrew Booth Jr. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and, confident in that. And being ahead, able to AJ. come in as a rookie. This is one of those instances where some teams, they can take Andrew Booth and it's good but it's not as good as the Vikings situation because you have this trio of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and then K.J. Osborne with the very close behind B.C. Johnson. You you have talented receivers there going up against him that he can challenge. It's not like you're going up against these other teams where maybe he's matching up with like wide receiver two, but that guy on many teams maybe isn't even a wide receiver three. These are guys that are arguably a best maybe the best duo wide receiver in the in the game um i know there's a lot that's very up for discussion but i mean justin jefferson he's that guy and adam thielen we know exactly what he can do so if you're gonna line him up against either one of those guys sure they might not need the the practice but they know because they're good teammates that he does and he needs the experience coming into that rookie season and he he's getting that top tier training right away he's getting in you know those guys are going to go back in the the locker and say hey uh they're going to discuss like hey i I saw what you did here that was a nice little move how can i watch for that so i don't get burned week one exactly Um, and he's just going to grow immediately so you're going to have all these other defensive guys like he's going to be able to talk to a guy like patrick peterson or harrison smith on the backside um who are going to obviously mentor him great but he's able to also go to the offensive side of the ball and see that perspective because that one that's what makes a good a, a good defensive back you can mm-hmm. almost anticipate what the wide receiver do because he's able to put himself in his shoes and you know take his raw skill and ability and match that and i like you said i had that's a pick where He's going to be, like you said, he's going to be a problem. He's going to be I, that guy for them. And he, they need to really bulk up this Vikings defense if they want to make a run. Because I think this year now with Devontae Adams out of the mix for Green Bay, the hole is open to regain that division North or an NFC North division title. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still super good. As much as I hate to admit it, he's still super, super good. Um, <laughs> but he's not going to have the weapons as much. You know, you have Sammy Watkins and Al, and Alan Lazard. What do you think? We think he won't have those weapons. He tends to make receivers awesome sometimes. So did they they draft uh Christian Watson too? I think that was his name, Christian. The North Dakota State kid. He's hurt right now, though, if I'm not mistaken. He's got an injury issue right now. I don't know to what extent or even what it is, but I heard he's got a little bit of a bug right now. Gotcha. Um, Okay. So yeah. So we've got like, if you can't see right there, a minute. 20 on that 45 so we got to start wrapping up but 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 because 
Score North and 1500 ESPN are your home for Minnesota United FC. We got to wrap up Taxi Squad with a little bit of loon loving. So let's get right into that uh, right now. Uh, artists, you got tons to say about MLS Minnesota United tonight? I'm just kidding. I do totally not. fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll take it over. I'll take it over here. So this past okay. weekend, Saturday, 4-4 drop. Minnesota takes on the Portland Timbers. And uh, things go pretty poorly to start. Sebastian Blanco scores a minute in, in the first minute for Portland to go down 1-0. Uh, Franco Fragapane, who's been on an absolute tear, he's elevated his game to be kind of the guy that they maybe expected to bring him in on that uh, transfer however long ago. He scores in the ninth minute, so you almost even it up like that. Um, and then my guy, I think the fans, he's becoming a fan favorite. Learn the name. It's pretty hard. If you read it, I understand maybe the issue there, but it's Banghukle Langwane. He is unbelievably fun to watch. Uh, he that has was now beautiful. I just wanted to say, didn't don't mean to inter- interrupt, but that no. was beautiful. Could, could you <laughs> say that one more time? That was the way that rolled off the tongue. Langukle Langwane. He he's 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 firecracker. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. He's becoming a fan favorite here very quickly for obvious reasons. Uh, he scores in the 21st minute. Luis Amaria continues his tear with a goal in the 41st. Um, but. Three, oh, three one at the half. We're good. <laughs> three one. We're gonna keep going. We're fine. Um, unfortunately, though, it is uh, three consecutive goals. Sebastian Blanco in the fiftieth minute. Uh, Yaroslav Nagoda uh, Nazgoda in the fifty third, and then an own goal by Kamar Lawrence in the sixty fifth to make it a four three affair. Luis Amaria gets a header to even things up at four four in the sixty ninth minute. That's how it stands. So four four draw. They do take a point at home. It's uh, you know it's a result for sure. But being three one up at the half with forty five to go, with the way that th- this team has been playing, Portland's been on a tear recently too. So mm-hmm. if you would have said to me on Friday night that they uh, pick up a point at home, I you know I would have probably been satisfied. But to tell me that they blow a a three one lead at half stinks. Um, yeah. Looking forward ahead to the weekend, they do have a matchup this Saturday, August sixth. Uh, eight o'clock kickoff in Colorado against the Colorado Rapids. Uh, we'll have pregame live on 1500 ESPN and live on the North score North half at seven 30 with John Ter- uh, John Harrison and Dan Terhar. <laughs> um, that should be a good one. They're missing. However, Robin Lud, Michael box. So anime, yeah. so three very key guys because of yellow card accumulation. So they're all suspended for this upcoming match. That's going to be a big, uh, wrench in the car, co- uh, yeah, wrenching the gears for them. Did the but, timing just work out that way? Did they all just get those last yellows at the right time and they just all got suspended at this time? Like, is it just a timing thing or, or yep, what? So they, they all they all got a yellow card. That, uh, Portland, they all did. Okay. The Portland game this past uh, weekend was very, very physical. Nine yellow cards handed out amongst both teams, five to the loons. Um, so Jeez. just with the, you can only have so many at certain points and they have unfortunately reached the threshold. So they all have a one match ban, which, uh, sets in this coming weekend on Saturday. So they're going to be missing all of them. And Emmanuel Reynoso has been basically like an MVP candidate yes. for them. This yes. year. Um, so that's going to be pretty big, but you're gonna have to have, um, Bongi, which is his nickname, step up. Um, I think he'll be good. Luis Samaria is going to have to continue his tear. Yeah, I think it's going to be less of an issue than say a month ago because they've recently found a really good form and they just, uh, I want to say it was, I think it was Minnesota United DC United. Yeah, it was a Minnesota United DC uh, DC United match back on July 16th. They didn't have Reynoso after the Everton match because he took mm. a pretty tackle from Deli Ali and that uh and that friendly they pulled out a two two nil win there so uh they they are able to do it without Reynoso but this is a little bit of a taller task also missing missing Robin Lud who's basically become like a, a Swiss army knife for them being able to play up front and in the back um yeah. kind of that box box mid who's been pretty good and on the back end Michael Boxel locks things down so we'll have to see how they mm-hmm. can go uh Colorado is um, you know they're all right I I think it'll be a tougher test just because they're missing those guys but that is this Saturday eight o'clock right on yeah uh colorado i mean the schedule isn't terribly easy colorado kansas city and i there's one more team that i believe is like lower than the loons in the standings and on the playoff picture that they still have to play this season but the rest of the schedule is like with playoff or teams that would be in the playoff positioning and yeah i mean that that middle of the western conference has not lined up whatsoever uh minnesota dallas real salt lake nashville um lafc uh no uh, sorry the galaxy and yep. seattle are separated by six points 
it's yeah. crazy. I mean, they, they have climbed back into a, not just a playoff spot, but a home playoff spot. They're third right now, which yeah, is awesome. Right. Um, I think there's really no touching the top two teams in that Western conference, LAFC. And uh, for, remind me, I can't, for, I can't remember who it is right now. Um, but they're, oh, they're, Austin, 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 thank you. Austin FC, yeah. who's been very surprising. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. 48 and 44 points for them respectively, but uh, 35 points dead tie with FC Dallas. They have the edge on total wins right now with 10 compared to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they're, they're looking good for this final stretch and it's just a matter of getting guys back and getting guys healthy. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun to watch as the season kind of winds down. Right on. All right. A little bit of loon loving this week on Taxi Squad. We definitely went over 45 minutes, but that's totally okay. Uh, If you guys are cool, I think we should start wrapping up uh, this week's show. Lots of wonderful conversation. Thank you guys so much for the Twins trade talk. Again, this was this was a surprise to me to be able to talk this many moves for the Minnesota Twins. Again, this is the most busy they've ever been at the deadline in my entire fandom with the team. So exciting. Hopefully, um, more or less news at Vikings training camp will continue to be good news. Obviously, we don't want to keep hearing about more injuries coming up or anything like that. We just want to hear about these awesome camp battles, rookies showing out when we didn't expect them to. Hopefully, things continue to move along awesome with that. Um, Let's see. Next week... Next week, we'll probably keep going more into Vikings training camp. We can preview the first preseason game. We finally have an actual game happening next week. That'll be so fun to talk about, talking about like who's going to start, who's going to play, all that kind of stuff. Probably some more. I mean, the baseball conversation will continue because, you know, again, the Twins should win the AL Central now, and that should be definitely worth talking about it. If they blow it, it will be extremely disappointing. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on the Loons all throughout the season. They are doing great. So you know, this has been stop, t- if you don't yes, mind, please. Uh, It always helps for everyone out there listening. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and follow along for our weekly show. Uh, I'm having a blast so far doing this, and I would hope you guys are too. But uh, it's fun. Um, uh, If you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out to to us on socials. On Twitter, I'm AJ underscore Fredrickson. If you guys want to plug yourself, feel free. I am Jason at at Jason underscore Stormer. So like AJ's. I am AJ2K. That's A, the letter J, the letter A, the letter E, the number two, and the number in the letter K. I got to spell it out because if I just say AJ2K, it's like <laughs> the letter A, the letter J. The letter and then what's your name on Twitter? Isn't it like Mr. Timeout or something like that? No, Mr. Woods, my last name. It Woods. is Mr. Woods. Okay. Mr. Woods. Your email your emails. the time. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. things confused and stuff like that. Don't confuse the fans. Don't confuse the fans. No, I'm sorry. Heaven. I'm sorry. I'll do better <laughs> next time or I'll do worse. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much again. It's been an awesome, fun week hanging out with my best friends, AJ Fredrickson and Artist Woods. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us again. We enjoyed your company. Hope you enjoyed ours. And we'll talk to you next time for another wonderful edition of Taxi Squad. We'll take. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye-bye. See you.